RadioInfluence.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by your boy, me, Mr. Black Moses. How's everybody doing out there? Uh, Once again, thank you all for listening, tuning in, checking out, and supporting Life in the Fast Lane. Uh, You know, the ride is just beginning for us. And uh, to tell the truth, you could be doing so many other different things, listening to other things or reading or watching other things. But uh, you're spending some time with me and I appreciate that. So uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome. Um, You know, it dawned on me that a majority of the country right now is dealing with what you would call a deep Freeze, And there is there's a few things that you could say are the banes of a motorcyclist existence. Cold weather is one of them. And, you know, I've I've I hear people talk about sometimes riders will say, you know, the off season. Uh, they only ride when the 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 ground is warm and the asphalt is optimum and you know the temperatures are above a certain mark. And, you know, and and I get that. You know, I respect that. It's their ride. They do as they wish. I've always fancied myself a an all year round rider. I I believe that, you know, it's capable that the machines are capable. It's about mentally preparing yourself and physically preparing yourself for any challenges that may arise when, you know, riding in cold weather. Um, to clarify, you know, I, I, I'm not suggesting doing a joyride in cold weather, but sometimes you might find yourself when the weather is not cooperating, but you do have to either get from point A to point B or, you you know, you have to accomplish something and your means of transportation is your motorcycle. And, you know, I don't think that th- the weather should be a deterrent from enjoying you know, this motorcycle life that we live. I believe, and to tell you the truth, I believe this is one of the reasons why God made leather specifically for cold weather. Layering up is one of the best ways to uh, enjoy your ride when the weather, when the temperature dips below a certain point, perhaps past your point of comfort. Uh, Name of the game is comfort, though. If you're not comfortable, don't do it. Again, it's your ride. But I found what works for me is having the right gear, having the right equipment, layering up, being smart and being smooth. The other day, I actually had to take a little ride. I was out on the road for maybe a total of 30, 40 minutes. Uh, And, you know, it's I got to tell you, the roads were a little, little sketchy, little sketchy. But, you know, you, you, you properly prepared, you know, if you're physically prepared and, and your gear, you know, you're properly equipped with the right gear. Uh, mentally, the, the step is to just stay focused, stay calm, you know, and, and be smooth, be smart. There's no need to be in a rush. And the looks that I got that I received from other motorists you know, the cagers, they were looking at me like, what is this dude 
chilling down here. It's and then the funny thing was it started to rain. So now I'm look, I'm gonna handle my business. I'm gonna do what I need to do and go where I need to go and how I choose to get there. It's my prerogative. The looks on the faces of people, they were just like, what is he doing? Does he know? Does he know it's cold out? Does he know that it's January? It's it's raining. And it started to rain. It started coming down really hard. So, you know, I I would I could imagine how that could be off putting or or make someone extremely nervous. But, you know, I've I've been in some interesting riding situations where, you know, if it's not for the, the, the temperature, I've been in really, really cold riding temperatures. I've been in um, what seemed like monsoons uh, while riding. Uh, I've been in sideway rains. I've been in a lot of different riding situations. And what the thing that, again, I recall, I can't it, it to myself. Is to be calm, confident in your abilities, your riders, what you do. Okay. Again, if you're not confident or comfortable, you shouldn't do it. But if you are, you can. And that's 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 key for me. That's key. That's clutch to be able to say, you know what? I know what I'm doing. So for all those cats out there that were looking at me saying, you know, oh my God, I hope he's okay. Why is he riding this motorcycle? You know, all those, I, I could just see if they had thought balloons. While, while I was at the light and I looked over and they were looking at me, you could see the thought balloon uh, like a comic book uh, just above their heads. And does this, who is this guy? Like, who is he? For anybody checking, I'm Black Moses. You dig? Okay. Now, on to this show. This episode of Life in the Fast Lane, you know, I've got a great guest for you guys. He's a comedian, he's an actor, he's a moto journalist. He is a MotoGP aficionado. He's an all-around funny guy. My guest this week on Life in the Fast Lane is BT. Welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, y'all. Let's ride. I met BT several years ago at the MotoGP race in Indianapolis. Uh, The best way to describe him is... He is a bundle of moto joy. He's a ray of moto sunshine, a burst of moto energy. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. Please welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, my guest, BT. B, how long have we known each other, man? To be, to be honest, man, I don't even, I mean, it's, it's just, I, and I mean it's from the bottom of my heart. As long as I remember GP, I remember you. Right. And that's just how I look at it. I mean, I remember when GP came to uh, when GP came to uh, Indy, and, and I think it was the year I moved there in 2007. I think. Okay. And uh, and I think, and I mean, it's just you. You are synonymous with uh, with GP. So it's. I mean, I look at it like that. It's like it's like one of those things where my fondest memories always. You're always there. That's you know I mean? crazy. I, when, I think of, when I think of motorcycles, I think of you. Like that's yeah, I think, beautiful. It's really, beautiful. You know what's cool about you is, and I don't people, it, it gets deeper than what it is, but you know how you meet people, especially brothers sometimes, yeah. they have a little attitude, but within the motorcycle community, everybody's always cool. There's never that standoffish. It's always, big everybody's family. always cool. Like, hey, yeah, exactly. So it's a big family. You were always, yeah, you were always like that. It was never like, hey, this is my boy, Alan. And, you know, hey, hey. it was always like, I, I mean, like I said, I always remember you. 
I mean, you're always synonymous with that community. It's always thank you. You're just cool, like always. You know what it is, man. You know what it is. It's a I. I'm such a fan of our industry. I'm such a fan of our community that you know. I'm just happy to be there. Like legit, like I'm just happy to be there. I'm happy to be around other people who love what I love. And that's, you know, positive vibes. And you, it's so, it's impossible to have a bad time. It is impossible to have a bad time in your company, man. It's, I've I've never, as much as I don't spend, wait, let's clarify something. I I do not smile in posed photos. That is giving people no. I look I look angry. I look upset. I look like I have an issue in yes. photos. But in real life though, I smile. I smile. Yeah. And that that therefore my presence is a present. You dig? You dig what I'm saying, baby? I dig, dig it like dirt. Dig my it like man. dirt. But wait, enough about me. Enough yeah. about me here on Life in the Fast Lane. You know, one of my joys is to bring my 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 writing family, uh, the writing community together, and introduce people who have made an impact on my life and made an impact on on the sport, the industry. And you are one of those people. So, BT, let's let's get a little bit about. Let's learn a little bit about you and and you you. As the old folks say, you come uppins. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people, they know that you do comedy. You're a comedian. Mm-hmm. And I yes. want to touch on that a little bit because you're more than just, you're more than just, you're greater than the sum of your parts. Should I say that? Oh, I like that. that you're was great. Nice. You like, like that? that? You're greater like than the that. sum. There's a lot of stuff going on with BT and I want the listeners of Life in the Fast Lane to know that Black Moses has complex friends, okay? <laughs> I'm complex, but my friends have levels and layers and you are deep, alright? So, let's talk about the comedy uh, the comedy aspect of your career, or actually is that, would you say that comedian is that your career? That's that's your 9 oh my, to 5? Dude, that, that's my job. I mean, yes, yeah, like, sometimes, like, I, sometimes when people go like, okay, what do you do for a living? I go, you know, I'm a comedian. No, like, okay, that's your full-time job. And I go, yes, I mean, it's not like a weekend jaunt where I just go, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's 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 what I do. I mean, right. so it's like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like this. It's like, unless you're in it, people don't understand. It's, it's like, I guess it's like, I look at us like special forces, man. Mm. Unless you're in it, you won't understand what, what we do and how wow. we do what we do. You know seal, what I mean? you talk about some SEAL Team 6. SEAL Team 6, yeah. All right. Don't tell nobody. I mean that. Don't yeah, tell. I'm on that Jason. I'm on that Jason Bourne. Jason tip, Bourne. Bro. That Jason Bourne tip, bro. I mean, you got to know it, and if you, if you don't know it, you don't know it. As I, as I look at it, you know what I mean. <laughs> Send in the Apaches. We got to <laughs> Send that Blackhawk. Right, Send that Blackhawk. Hey, once you hear that Blackhawk, it's over for you. It's over. Don't hear that. Yeah, it's over. It's Save over. the girl. Get to the chopper. Anyway, <laughs> get to the chopper now. Get to the chopper now. Like, no, or be like Bing, or be like Bing Rhames and Vision Impossible. Ethan, we've got to go. <laughs> Ethan, we've got to go. <laughs> Tell her you have the beef. Ethan, we've got to go. <laughs> he says she's on the outer bluff. Whole ass. 
<laughs> you hear me talking here, Billy boy? I ain't doing to you by damn sight. Ethan, we've got to go, Ethan. Oh, yeah, my God. That's what I am, man. I can dig it. <laughs> so now, how long have you been doing comedy? How long has that been your career? Uh, it's probably going on probably 30 years now. 30 uh, years? Close, close Lord, 30. But you're, you're such a young man. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you said so. I mean, uh, my knees and my hips will, uh, uh, di- will uh, beg to differ. <laughs> beg to differ. I'm going. To, I had my uh, second hip operation in the year uh, last month. So yeah, okay. But, uh, I'm good though, bro. I'm good. I'm good. You know, you know, it's 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 interesting because you. I, I said earlier, it's impossible to have a bad time in your company. You are, you know, you're such a fireball of positive energy. I've never seen you upset. I've seen you serious, and that's only when you're watching lap times. That's like, yeah. like that's the only time yeah. that you like. We'll be uh, watching from pit wall, we'll, uh, watching GP. You know the very e- exclusive uh, place that we get to watch the races. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. You know, VIP club, highlight your boy. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> but that's like the only time that I see you serious i mean like i mean life is not a joke life is very you know life is what it is but you manage somehow to always be you was to say always be closing abc you are you always be smiling you abs man i you know i just try i'm I, honestly i'm just me and if i feel I'm around somebody who who takes away that um, positive or or just whatever vibe I bring off? I I try to remove myself from that situation because I mean I really don't want to be around it. I mean if I can't you know be myself and I go oh this person is going to take away my smile. Well hey it's time for me to move on. That's okay. the way I look at it. You know I'm not I'm not gonna be around somebody who's negative or whatever. So I just I just keep it moving. You know and, what I mean? And that's and that, that's what life's about. You know what I mean? If it yeah. if, if it doesn't move you you must move on. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I'm that's dropping exactly. jewels today, yes. baby. I'm dropping, dropping jewels, okay? Dropping bombs. Now, you like Ernie Shavers. You like Ernie Shavers back in the '70s. Talking you about dropping bombs. You just bro. and you showing your age, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yes, that was starting to make sense. Second, oh, yes, second hip am, operation. Bro. Your knees is giving out. Okay, look. So <laughs> comedy, okay. Now comedy. Now we're you know we're not we're going to move on to to more. Uh, two wheeled inspired topics, but I yes. again, of course, we're getting there. We're getting there, but I want to, you know, the comedy thing, the comedy thing, and I don't want to call it a thing because that seems disrespectful. Yeah. What? How did that become? Like, how did that? Is it, was it like, hey, you know what? I got a couple jokes. So I'm gonna stand up. I'm gonna tell some jokes, and the people laugh. I'll keep doing it. How did that evolve? Well, it's like you know, you know uh, when you, when I grew up, I've always. Luckily, my parents always let me be me, even though they did they didn't agree with anything I did. So I was a good kid. So on the weekends, my parents let me stay up as late as I want to, and I always wanted to watch Johnny Carson. Okay. And when when he had comedian, I like to watch his monologue when he had comedians on there. And you know, and every now and then we get that HBO free weekend, and, yeah. and Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor would be on there. So you know, I grew up like loving Jerry Seinfeld, Richard Pryor. Uh, 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 Robert Klein, George Carlin. So those were the guys. You know, I used to, and I just loved the laugh, man. That was my favorite thing in the world is getting that laugh and making people laugh. Ever since I can remember, I love making people laugh and 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 you know and, and laughing. So that was that was my favorite. The, my, my, the weekends were my favorite time because that's when I stayed. We could stay up late and watch Don Kirshner's rock concert, mm. uh, midnight midnight special, and, uh, Tonight Show. Like I said, when Jerry, I, I remember watching Jerry Seinfeld. He made me laugh so hard. I was like, I got to remember. 
I got to remember this guy's name. He's one of my favorites. And so I remember his name. I said, okay, Jerry Seinfeld. And I just remember he, he did a horse bit <laughs> on a Tonight Show that made me hurt. He made me literally cry when I was a kid. You know, wow. I laughed so hard. I go, that's what I want to do. And I just remember going, and I felt that gravitational pull. You know, when, when you ask a woman or something. Yeah, when they go, how did you know this person was the one? They go, you just know. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those things where I just knew. Like I, And I remember just, I, as long as I can remember, that was my favorite thing to do. So when I got to junior college, man, I knew there was a comedy club like three hours away on two-lane highway at 55 miles an hour. Wow. And I would go up and I went to open mic night. And I mean, I, I sucked. I sucked. <laughs> I sucked. But I kept going. And I kept going. And I kept going. I was all by myself and I kept going. I was, and that was when comedy was kind of at the peak, but it was dying down just a little bit. Okay. And I'm, you know, and they had their clicks and I was the only one and nobody would talk to me. So, and I go, this is what I want to do. I'll be an outlaw. I don't care. You are lone wolf doing, comedian. Lone wolf yeah, comedian. Man. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I just kept, you know, you just, you keep doing it. That's what you really want to do. You just keep doing it. You try to get better. It's like anything else in life. You really, 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 really do it. You you find a way to do it. You facts. find a way. That's, that's, yeah. those are big facts you're speaking there, bro. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth though, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So now. You 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 you're you're you fast forward mm-hmm. now from from those beginnings of being lone wolf comedian. Now, how many shows are you doing? Let's say throughout the year, uh, you travel. Like I travel, you travel. I don't know where you may be. I t- I'll turn on a GP race, and you'll be walking across the grid and I'm like yo that's BT how did you I didn't know but you travel a lot and I know you travel for pleasure but I know how how well, I guess the question what I'm asking is how much are you working now in in the in your career are you working are you doing shows every weekend are you doing shows across the country across the world what do you what's your program now I man, I better be working every weekend. It's it's, just, it's my only job. So I, you know, if I don't work, I don't eat, and I love to eat. So Facts. yeah, like uh, like uh, right now, I'm at the Orlando airport. Okay, uh, talking to you now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna catch a cruise ship and work a cruise this weekend, and then I come back home uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Then I'm out again Tuesday, do another cruise, and then I do cruises at the end of the month. Then I do uh, I do North Carolina. Uh, beginning of March. So you're always, man, you're always getting that hustle on, man. You're always trying, you know, get that hustle. And so when I'm home, you know, I have a, uh, an agency that sends me out on commercial auditions or sometimes movie auditions. And, um, nice. so I'm always trying, you know, and then and the overall goal is to be, is to be acting. That's the overall goal. So I was going to ask you about that, yes. what the end game was. I didn't know if it was going to be the first black MotoGP champion <laughs> or, <laughs> or acting, you know, you know, oh, man, I don't know. Yes. If you want to yes. be Moto, MotoGP legend or oh. win, win an Oscar, you know, I'm just trying to trying win to figure Oscar, it out. Man, if, if, if you look at my screensaver on my uh, I, my tablet, it's an Oscar because that's Beautiful. what I want to win. You know, visualize. I mean, honestly, that's, you visualize. That's what I want to do. Man, you visualize. I mean, and, and it sounds crazy, dude, but if you listen, I mean, and, but that's what I do. I mean, I you know, like I separate myself from anybody else because people kind of bring you down without right. really knowingly bringing you down. Because so I just have to. That's why I'm always by myself. A lot because it's like I know what I want, and so it's like I put that screensaver. So when I open my computer, when, it, when I, my tablet comes on, it's a it's like the background. The screensaver is an Academy Award. That's what I want to do. Now before that, my screensaver was a Ducati Multistrada, and you know what I got two years ago? A Ducati Multistrada Pike See? Edition because that's what I wanted. It works. That's what I do. I visualize it. It works. So, it, no, it's through osmosis. If I see it every day and it just seeps into my brain, that's what I'm going to get. 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 You are a goal setter and a goal achiever. You set goals and you achieve them. 
Yeah, I mean, I do, but Serena Williams ain't called yet, so I don't know what's up yet. Well, I don't, do I, do I want to know where her picture is hanging? I don't want to know. I don't wanna, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So, we have established. <laughs> we have established. Oh, I got a restraining order coming to me. I can't go to Wimbledon no more. So, yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. Listen, we have established BT the comedian, okay? My audience now understands who we're talking with. Now we're going to open up. We're going to expand. BT, the Moto Journalist. (laughs) Yes, yes. Now we're talking. Okay, so listen. I want to know when I'm going to say this healthy obsession with motorcycles, motorcycle racing, MotoGP, when did it begin? Because it's yeah. it's rampant. I mean, it is rampant. You are you could be patient zero for <laughs> <laughs> if MotoGP was an addiction, a disease, yes. you are patient zero. When did this happen? Man, you know, I grew up like uh, it was on my birthday. I think I, I think I was like eight, maybe nine, and my dad got me a Honda Z50. My birthday, and I had a bubble helmet. I had a little helmet that had with the with the bubble uh, uh, face shield. Yeah, it was white, and and man, and I probably think I could dork, but man, I got that. And dude, I mean, I, I was like, and looking back now, I'm like, how can you not, as a kid, be? I mean, how can you not when you get a motorcycle how, after that? How do you lose that addiction? So I got that, and I remember like. I got this, you know, and I got a little older, but I still kept that 50. And I was like, you know what? I, I kind of want a 125 or a 100 and a Honda because there was a Honda Z50. So I wanted to stay with Honda. I mean, I used to be like, I used to be a young gang member. Like, man, you bring a Suzuki around here. I don't want to talk to you, bro. I want to get you sideways. Don't bring that Suzuki in here. So it was like, um, I, I know I wanted a 125 and I remember my, my parents split up. So, and I, you know, I was kind of like, you know, I was going to my teenage years. So I was, you know, being a teenager, obviously. So I didn't get a bike. And so, you know, like through the years of, um, just growing up and then I do, you know, and as soon as I left college, I was basically doing comedy. So I'd established myself and I moved from Oklahoma to Chicago. Okay. And, um, and so, you know, it was like, I was trying to get this career going and, but I always had my foot in the door with, with bikes, man. I, I remember like, I can't remember when, but I remember watching this road race. Uh, and it was like, uh, when I was like, I mean, young, young, young kid at my grandpa's house. And I was like, oh, this is great. This road racing is awesome. And every time, like, like uh, I remember Bob Hurricane Hannah watching him on TV. Whenever, whenever motorcycles would come on TV, I made made it a point to watch. And it was, you know, it was a lot different back then. You only had like three channels. And why were sports every now and then right. play motorcycle racing? Right. So you had to watch it because you know we didn't have no TV guide. So when you watched it, you just happened to catch it. And when you caught it, you had to watch it. So uh, it was always there. So through the course of you know doing comedies, whatever. Like it, I mean, it came back. Like all of a sudden, like when I was living in LA, the love for motorcycles just got big, bigger. Like it came back to me. Like it was finding a lost lover, and I was like, mm. man, you know. And what it was, it was like, okay. And I remember like going, you know, I was trying to struggle to make ends meet in LA, and I was like, but I know I wanted a motorcycle. So long story short, when I moved to Indianapolis, man, I go, you know what? I'm gonna give you a motorcycle. And then I, I bought my boy's motorcycle. And what was that? What, what was kind of- it? 
Oh, it was a Jixxer 750. It was a 2000 Jixxer 750. Was that and the and yellow it, and black? Yes. Yeah, I see. Yes. The Bumble Beast. That's what I call it. The Bumble Beast. Whenever they go, and he was scared of it. And so he gave me a real good deal on it. And I mean, I, I got it like a steal because he was kind of scared of it. He was, he was looking to get rid of it. Okay. So I bought that dude. And I mean, that's when full grown, like I'm talking addiction started. I'm talking like Bobby Brown to cocaine. It was like, <laughs> it was my addiction. Allegedly. Like a, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. 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 And I was full blown, like just, I was into the culture, man. And, there, and ever since then, it's never really left me. Cause I'm a Gemini. So like okay. my, like I love something, then I'm gone and I'm done. Like I played roller hockey in LA uh, for like uh, about six, seven years. And then once I moved to Indiana, I, you know, I never touched a skate again or a hockey stick again. So it was gone. But motorcycles, man, it's never left me. So when MotoGP, when I found, I found MotoGP, it was on the Speed Channel. And I okay. think it was, I think, and I want to, it was a Rossi, right? Rossi beat somebody at the finish line. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. I'm, I'm back loving motorcycles again. And, and that has never Left me since I since I rediscovered my love again. Mm. We, it's re, been rekindled. It's reunited and it reunited feels so good. And, 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 it, and it feels so good. And, and that's what it was, man. I mean, and so ever since then, everything has always been. And you understand, man. I love, and I mean, I love comedy. Yes. It, it's it's just synonymous with who I am. But you know, well, you're a funny guy. When I say when I say my love of motorcycles is. It's just as equal or and it's it's as equal as my love of comedy, man. I mean, you understand, man. Like I I love motorcycles so much. I mean, I lay awake night thinking, I go, where do I want to ride this year? And do I wanna you know, I wanna I wanna get a dirt bike. I want I, I wanna get a Vespa. I wanna get some new boots. I want mm. I mean everything, it's always what what I'm gonna do next on a motorcycle. It's always you gotta do something new. So that's my thing now. My thing now is I wanna get I wanna go uh I wanna get dirty this year. I wanna go on a dirt you bike. Get dirty. Yeah, I want to get dirty this year, man. Okay. So uh, that's my thing, man. It's like, it's always, it's just synonymous. It's like, that's my love, man. It, it's comedy and motorcycles are, it, it, it's a second passion, dude. That's it's beautiful. It's second. It's just a synonymous passion with my, with my uh, vocation. So it's not like, it's not, you know, comedy is, you know, it's not to say like comedy is your wife and motorcycles is the side chick. It's kind of like you're in a... It's like, I'm, it's like I'm a Mormon. It's like I'm a Mormon. Like, uh, like, like, uh, like I'm a black Mormon. Like, 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 like comedy and motorcycles are both my wives. Yeah. Well. And yeah, people might not understand how I live my life, but that's my lifestyle. Okay. But that's my lifestyle. Ain't no side chick, you know, motorcycles and comedy. That is, those are my wives. Okay. That's oh, the kind of life I'm living. You're a polygamist. Yes, you're a polygamist. And I'm proud of it, brother. And if Tiger Woods would have done that, he wouldn't have gotten in trouble he got into. So allegedly. Allegedly. Alleg no, ain't no allegedly nothing. That dude got caught. Allegedly do it. That dude just got passed. Busted. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Moving on. Uh, okay. So now we... we just my lawyers. My lawyers. So oh, man. So now we talked about okay, MotoGP and yeah, you moved to Indianapolis when? What year was that? It had to be two thousand six. Yeah, two thousand six. When was summer, the, first, the summer of two thousand six? And when was when was your first Indianapolis MotoGP? Uh, the first year it came because I remember I remember like it was a, a big deal like uh, and nobody and I mean nobody in the United States does racing. Like Indianapolis, I mean, maybe yeah. Daytona, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and maybe Charlotte. Charlotte's a good uh, racing city. It's but and, and what sets Indianapolis apart is if you land at that airport, 
there'll be a race car there, or there'll yep. be a motorcycle there. And, and, and you know it's a racing city. Absolutely. They, they rename the streets for whatever period it is for until that race. They renamed the streets after. Remember, we we the Indy for that first GP. It was a you know Rossi Lane or, yep. or Lorenzo or Lorenzo Avenue. I mean, that's how cool Indianapolis is. So I mean, the buzz around it was just incredible. So you know, you had people flying in. You people, know what? You know, <clears throat> not only not only did they you know in harmony with what you're saying, motorcycles on Meridian. Yes. Yes. What in what the city of Indianapolis has done for the community, not just the regional and local community, but hats off to the city of Indianapolis for at that time to recognize the global motorcycle community and recognize how many people were coming from all over the world to their city. They organized. And for those listeners who don't know, who are not familiar with motorcycles on Meridian, BT, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was basically a open bike night on Meridian Street, which was yes. the main, uh, the, I don't even, I don't know, you, you can't even call it a street. It was, it was more like, I don't know, like the main vein, the main yes. vein yes. of the city. And, it, and it's like five blocks of nothing but, I mean, no cars can go down, it's nothing but motorcycles. Five and it's blocks. a party, and it's a party. Both sides of the street in the middle, in the middle lane, and everybody... For the most part, I mean, for the most part, everybody was cool. I mean, there were cops there, but they were really cool. Yeah. They were really accommodating, very nice. And, man, it was just, it was a party. And you everybody saw talk- everybody from everywhere. You saw all types of bikes. You heard, you saw different colors and nationalities. You heard different languages. You heard yes. people. Yeah, it was, but everybody was cool. Everybody, everybody was great. Everybody, and everybody, oh, is that an MV Augusta? What's that bike like? Oh, my God, is that a Royal Enfield? And everybody was really cool. And then, like, I just remember, like, um, and the weird this thing I remember a dude had a van and he stopped on the corner uh, on the circle and he pulled out Rossi's bike and just and just like <laughs> let everybody look at it for like a little bit and he let, like it was like it was like a it, it was the weirdest thing in the world like he was like he was like a like a mobile drug dealer for like two <laughs> months and, and, and you looked at it and like oh Rossi's bike and then he left it was the weirdest thing in the world but that's but honestly that's how it is and that's how it is man Indy was so cool, and everybody just parked their bikes. And everybody was so cool. There was no riffraff. It was just people who loved motorcycles. You know, man. that for and, me, that opened and, up my eyes. That yes. was, it, you know, like for me, like as Black Moses' memories of the what, like magic, like it mm-hmm. was magical. It touched, it touched my soul. Dude, and yes, it was, yes. It was. It was. I had a spiritual awakening. Okay, in Indianapolis. MotoGP is MotoGP, the which is you know oh that's the pantheon that's the the the, the most oh, of the most. Good but word. When, thank you. But when you have the supporting surrounding elements, yes, and you understand that it's it, it's 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 massive, and you're a small part, but each part is equally as important. And it's just like you just realize how how vast the family is. You realize yes. how massive the community is. And motorcycles on Meridian that was the, and that was one of the many events, but like one of the premier events for me. I hosted it uh, two years, but it was a premier event for me when I realized just how deep, how deep this love of motorcycles is. Not just for myself, but for everybody around. It, it's, it yes. was incredible, incredible experience. Yeah, man. I mean, it's good to have. It's just good to have um, people who like-minded individuals. Because you might think I'm the only one that thinks like this, but no, there's other people who have that love and that you know. It was like there's good. more of us. 
There's yes, more? Exactly. <laughs> there's oh, more? Man. Oh, we a you gang, know, damn gang, gang. You got a problem? <laughs> yes. I mean, there's people, like, I thought I loved motorcycles. There's guys out there, they don't even own a car, and they live in the Midwest. I mean, you know how hard that is to do? I'd I mean, imagine. but it's, it, people thought I was crazy when I rode in, like, you know, uh, temperature below 30. But there's guys out there who have no car at all. I mean, and I, th- and I think that's great. They, they think and I'm they crazy. Think nothing, I'm like, and they think nothing crazy. of it. They think nothing of it. This What, what, what do you mean car? What do you mean four wheels? Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and I'm like, how do only you need, move? Only need to. Only need to. Yeah. Only. Yeah. How do you move? Like, when you, I mean, <laughs> so I'm like, good for you. I mean, really, I'm like, but that's what it is. It brought those people together. Yeah. Who you think, ah, oh, that guy's you know, a lone wolf, whatever. He's the only one things like that. No, motorcycles and Meridian brought all of us together, man. It's like one, it was like You know what one I just realized? Convention. What I just realized, okay. too? It was right. at the location geographically of Indianapolis, literally being pretty much toward the center of the country. Yes, yes. You see what I mean, I'm saying? So you talk about Midwest. It like it it's brought it, you if you were East Coast, West Coast, North, South. It truly was. You know, like it was central. It was. You, it was our USA mecca. You couldn't beat the location of Indianapolis. I mean, you. It was great. You said it best. East Coast, West Coast, North, South. I mean, you couldn't help but center in Indy. It's the perfect location. Downtown is the perfect. I mean, yeah. it was just Indianapolis was the be- the track, the actual layout of the racetrack. Yeah, it, it left a lot to be desired. Sure. But as far as everything else off track, nobody but nobody does racing like Indianapolis. I mean, nobody. And unfortunately, nobody. and unfortunately, you know it. Uh, you know it. Whatever it, it is, what it is, it is it what it is. It moved on to yeah. I think 2014 was 2014 the last Jeep Indy GP or was it 2015? I think it was 2015. I think it was 2015. I think you're right. But but man, the thing about it, I I always say if Coda Circuit of the Americas could have Indianapolis's off track uh, experience, it would be untouchable because I mean Coda is great. I mean the layout, everything. But after that, you leave. You don't even know there's a race in town. Well, I mean, you know what's interesting is that you have to think, again, speaking geographically, <clears throat> or the infrastructure of uh, of the city. And so, like, Indianapolis, it was kind of what you would call a hop, skip, and a jump from the track to downtown. Yes, yes. Now, yes. Coda, Circuit of Americas, is just outside the city limits of Austin. So there's highway. You have to get on the highway. It's a little bit of a trek. It's maybe a 30-minute ride, 45-minute ride from track to downtown. So there is a little bit of separation. There's a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, but that's what I was, honestly, I like Coda's layout because personally, I think that's the way it should be. I think a track should be out in, in in the boonies a little bit because to me, that, it, I, 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 for some reason, I think that's the way it should be. Okay. It should be out, out there because it should bring people a mass should go that way. Because it's weird because before I moved to Indianapolis, I'd watch that race on TV. I watched 500 on TV and, and, and it was so iconic. And then you live there or get there and you see that it's actually in a neighborhood. And it's weird to be like literally across the street from a racetrack is a gas station. You know, right. what? And then there's a there's a trailer park across the street from the most famous racetrack in the world. A trailer park. Like what? That's real life, though. A trailer trailer park and there's a strip club. used to be a strip club. (laughs) Across the street from the racetrack. Like, are you serious? That's life. But yeah, I guess it is. But I like, but I like, but I like kind of like how Coda is centered on the outskirts. I like that. But I just wish, I just wish their uh, off 
track could be like Indianapolis, but it's just a city of hippies and stuff. So you know what? I though? mean, I do. Let's let's talk about let's talk about Austin because I feel as though that Austin, you know, that people do kind of give it a hard time, but I think overall, I mean, and I, and it's not just because oh, well, that's all that we have. I think that Austin MotoGP weekend. I feel like it's pretty strong. I feel like it's a growing event. I feel I like it. It's become one of the highlights of my year um, to go to Austin. You know what? What do you what do you think about what do you think about the overall track though? What do you think about the the racing at Circuit of the Americas? I like the overall track. I, I like uh, uh, I, I love the uh, the race to the top, and then they hit that you might hit that that uh, when they have to uh, tip it over yeah. and go downhill. You know, and I love that man. They have to come up. They have the long. I always like a long. You know, start finish line, and I love. You know, they go to the top, and then they have to slow it down, and then they got to blah 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 blah. Yeah. And, you know, it probably is, it's probably it's the second it's the second gear or or first gear uh, uh, first turn that first left turn. Then, yes, that yeah. first left. You know, and then when they dip it down that hill, is beautiful. Have you so written that I, track? Have you written that track? No, but oh, I want to. I have. I, want to. I have. Oh well, my god! Rub it in. I rub will. <laughs> Well, yeah. Once you once you get it get it on and popping, boss. How about that? How about you get it on and popping? Because you working know I got a race. I got a race suit now. Oh, working I got a race suit now. So well, I'm we ready, we, bro. We're gonna talk about that too. I saw you. I saw you looking all felt, looking all you know. Couldn't even tell you had two hip operations. Couldn't even tell. Maybe the suit was holding it together. We're we gonna get into that. So overall, overall, Austin giving it a thumbs up. Yeah, because you know what? Because now that I've accepted what Austin is, because this, this guy said it best. He goes, Austin is a hippie city. It's about, you know, music. And and honestly, that little separate, I think people like that separation where, okay, I'm with the race family here. Right. Now at night, I go listen to some live music, some great live music. I go get some great food and maybe get away from the always racing vibe and, and kind of dip into something different for uh, for like a, you know, a, a couple hour jaunt, and then you go to bed, then you wake up, go to the track, and you to the track till at least about what, about four, right. four or five. Then you leave, maybe get a quick little nap, then you go get something to eat around seven or eight, and uh, and so and you're in a different environment. Like I said, get this just nice music, man, some blue, some great blues, or what's, or the, some what's great- the saying? Keep Austin weird. Yeah, keep us doing, and and so and so I've accepted that in a way. Like, okay, it's cool. It's kind of cool to have that separation of racetrack, and then you go where also everybody's like, yeah, it's awesome, bro. Yeah, you got a new band over here, bro. Check it out, bro. So Bruh. yeah, it, it's cool to get away from that and and have something else. And like I said, then the food is fantastic. So you know, I've accepted that, and it's cool if you if you look at it that way. You know, so yeah. I like it that way. I like it that way. Now, you know, we'd be remiss if we did not. Talk about we're talking about GP. We're talking about yes, GP weekends. Love. We're talking my about love. we're talking about off track activities. Yes. We'd be remiss. We'd be wrong. We'd be incorrect if we did not talk about the Red Bull MotoGP after parties. Oh man, don't even mention that. Dude, that too after, late. Oh, too late. Oh, it's out there. That, it's loose. That, it's out there. That's when I put my my good draws on, and I put and I put the smell good. I put the Axe body spray, like like I'm 22, and I'm like, uh oh, not the new socks. And I'm like, oh, then I shave my head. I'm like, oh, tears on the prowl this time. Wait, wait, okay. That, how would oh. you how would you describe 
What? How would you? How would you? Do, all right, let's. Okay, let's say you had to walk up to somebody and, and they say, "Hey, yo, BT, what's what's this Red Bull after party thing I keep hearing about?" How would you describe? It's like the Oscars after party, but for mm. motorcyclists. Wow. Yeah. Mm. A list, like oh, uh, Beyonce's there, Rossi. Uh, uh, Rihanna's here, Marquette. I mean, that's what it's like. It's like everybody's here, be like, oh, oh, oh my God, there, there's Marquette. Oh, Rossi and Marquette are in the same bar. Oh, 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 some shit's gonna break out. Oh, shit. Oh, is that Maverick Vinales? Oh, shit. I just talked to Maverick in the bathroom. Oh, shit. I mean, that's what it's like, dude. I mean, and I'm a, I'm a damn, I'm a, I'm an adult, all right? I mean, yes, I'm, yes, you and, are. In my full, I mean, well, no, I'm not, but yeah, I'm past 45, <laughs> let's put it that way. And here I am geeking out. Like, like I'm a, like I'm a 13 year old girl back in the sixties and I see the Beatles for the first time. I'm like, oh shit, that's Marquez. Oh God, that's Marquez. And like, oh my God, that's Pekka Big Naya. That's Pekka Big Naya. <laughs> like, oh shit, there's Marquez's mechanic. Oh shit. What's up, Santi? Well, I know you hear me, Santi. I know you hear me. You know, I mean, that's how I am. The Red Bull after party is the greatest time in the world. I mean, it's like. You, and, and as a grown man, I look forward to seeing the racers more than I do the hot chicks looking forward to seeing the racers. You know what? I mean, it's, it's everything, bro. It's, it's such great music. a, it, I think it's a wrap up of the vibe of the weekend. Yes, it when is. When you get everybody that was there for that sole reason in one room, if they can get in past. <laughs> if they, yeah, that's true. Don't that get it twisted. True. For those listening, yeah. Red the Red Bull after party, it is open to the public and you know i'm friends with the people that put, help put it on shout out to red bull shout out to my boy jason Lanamaker, 10 designs uh it's it's and it's it's a grand time people have a tendency to uh, they misinterpret the cues of how to get in i tell everybody this i'm, I'm trade secret industry industry secret inside stuff i'm about to drop get there early if you get to the door early, you have a greater opportunity of gaining access. When people show, if you show up to the party and there's a line, which typically happens, there's typically a line down the block around the corner of the venue. You're going to wait for a little bit. And it's not anyone's problem. It's not, I'm sorry, it's not anyone's fault other than the fact that they just might be at capacity and they may not be able to let anybody else in. Yeah, so it's not, it's like. I've seen people get upset with the bouncers or the door people and you know and it's like you're not you're not doing yourself any favors you're not you're not going to get in quicker it's if they're at capacity <laughs> as a matter of fact you might be like okay you are not getting in stop giving the door people the business those people are only doing what they're told I, I, the best advice I could give anybody one don't run up to me asking me to walk you in two <laughs> yo one year I stuck my head outside I got a phone call that a good friend who's a racer we'll leave, we'll leave him nameless here was outside and couldn't get in and, it, he, and he actually made he he was just off of podium this was in Austin he was just off of podium uh, in that, that Sunday and oh man I don't want to say his name but it would bring such relevance so i won't i won't okay but i'll just say he was just <laughs> off a podium but the door person didn't know who he was and so it was and we were upstairs and it was alan alan black moses please so-and-so's downstairs and they won't let him they don't know who he is so i go downstairs and i'm like why am i doing this i go down <laughs> right and i poke my head out 
And it was like me, like, you know, when the little the, uh, the little mole pokes his head out of the ground. <laughs> that was me poking the my head. Right, the groundhog. I poked my hole, my head out of the hole, the door, right? And it was like, oh, Black Moses, Alan, yo, that's my guy. That's my guy. And I was like, why didn't I, I, I tried to hide? I was able to get the dude in and I told the door person who the person was. Technically, yeah, he. this is part. This is his party. He's actually a Red Bull athlete. Please get him in. So we, I was able to get him in. My point is, get there early. Be respectful to the door person. Mm-hmm. Be polite. And yep. you might have a great have a greater opportunity of joining the festivities. But oh, once, you're, like- once you're inside, oh, it's Valhalla. It's Valhalla. Yeah, it, it, it's on. I you know I, I think last year maybe was the best time. I think for me, I think last year was probably the best time. I mean, really? it was a uh, yeah because um yeah because I came I think I came there by myself because I was with I was with my buddy you know Alonzo Bowden. And Shout we, out to Alonzo, big bro Alonzo yeah, Bowden, yes, big bro Alonzo. And so and I think he you know he likes to leave early. So we, we were uh, downtown beforehand. I think he left there, so I went there by myself. Okay, and so. I always have a great time by myself because I'm like, uh, so, and I danced and um, I remember I was in a corner. It was me, Jack Miller, Chad Reed, my boy Bradley Smith. Yeah. Um, and man, I just remember dancing. I just remember having a great time. I saw you. Like, I saw you. You were, was a, you were living your best life, man, as you dude, always do. But you were in, always. you were in rare form. Yes. You were just, I just, I, you, you know, a real quick sidebar. People, there's not that many dark-skinned brothers walking around the paddock who are not do, either doing security or cleaning something up. And shout out to <laughs> shout out to all the support staff at the venue. Shout out to all of the security and people. Shout out to you all. Black Moses loves and appreciates you. But there's not yes. that many <laughs> of yeah. us, of our complexion walking around the paddock. So I remember it's been I think people have either gotten me confused with you or vice versa or Alonzo. It's really like, there's only like, a, there's like maybe five of us. Dude, yeah, man. There's like I five mean, big black people <laughs> walk around yeah. the paddock. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I it's, mean, it's like, you. It's it, the, the weird thing about it is I guess I don't think about it because uh, it, I, it's like, it's just when you're in Austin, that's the only time, and it's, it's just a true story. Yeah. You only see black people at races. I mean, yeah. when I go to Europe, I mean, I, 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 I I'm, I'm it. I'm, I am it. I'm a one man gang in Europe, mm-hmm. but so right. and there, that's the only time you see other African Americans, black people there. So it, it's kind of it's, it's really cool, you know. Where like we love motorcycles too, and that's the only time we get to see us at races. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's another great, great reason why I love Austin, man. It's like. Yeah, man, we love bikes too. You know, we're we, we're just as uh, you know, freakish about motorcycles exactly. as anybody else. Exactly, as anybody else. You know, and and honestly, and that's where what I love about you and what the magazine represents is that like it, you try to get everybody everybody involved in, and show, hey, man, that you know we're here too, and we love more, and we love racing, and we love motorcycles, we love just like anybody else you know and it's yeah. like and, and your magazine brings more people together because you show everybody and what's cool thing about you is you bring the women in oh you have on to different, on a different level you on, have a, to. on a on on a on a 
equal level where they're hardcore riders, but you interview them, you have the woman's issue, and you push it in such a great way, man, that honestly, you your magazine should be commended for what you do. Wow. And uh, it, that, it doesn't get the credit it deserves because no offense, no offense to other motorcycles, or other, other motorcycles. Just for, for those for those checking, he's talking about Sport Bikes Inc. magazine, in which yes, in which BT has a monthly column, MotoGP, yeah, MotoGP. with yeah. BT every month. Yeah. Please check it out. It's, it's hilarious. It's accurate. It's great. It's it, it's awesome. Moto edutainment. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now but, carry on. <laughs> yeah, but but it's the truth though because no one understands like all the other magazines and. It's not a part, and I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger, but they have a, you know, they have their to- a core audience, and I guess, and it's like we don't exist almost. And, yeah. But it's not, and I'm not, and I'm not saying they're doing it, you know, on purpose and excluding us. But it's like you look through it, and there is none of us in there, right? None of us. So, and your magazine brings everybody, everybody, without hitting you over the head. They bring in everybody. They bring in the women. They bring in. African Americans. They bring in every everybody. Everything is represented in your magazine, except for dirt bikes, which I understand because it's, hey, it's pretty much every once in a while we do we do we do get some in there. We do get some in yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, no, but 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 that, but, but the, yeah, that's the beauty of your magazine that I don't I I don't know if people really understand how deep your magazine is when it comes to that. Wow. You bring in everybody, which nobody does. Nobody. You know what, us. man? I I that it's it's something. Thank you. First of all, thank you. And, yeah. and you know, it's something that I, it's not at this point, it's, I'm not going to say it's autonomous, but I do make conscious efforts to make sure that it's all inclusive. But when I say it, it's, it's, it's not autonomous. It's because it's, it's how I am. You know what I mean? I know, but, I, but I that's what's beautiful to, about it. Yeah. I try to, the sport bike thing is a reflection of my perception of our motorcycle community and or how it should be. It's should everything be. Yes. for everybody. I don't exactly. care what color you are. I don't care. If you can ride, you can ride. And one of the things, and again, this is not about me, this is about BT, but one of the things that I've always been proud of is I don't believe in the hood ornament. And you know what the hood ornament is, right? And what is that? The hood ornament is the female rider who is treated like a hood ornament. Sitting backwards on the bike in pumps. That, that's beautiful. And yeah. you know, and, look, yeah. and I look visually, I can appreciate it. But yeah. as far as conceptually, I would, if you are a rider, I will treat you as a rider first and foremost. My inbox at times is full of, and maybe I can forward them over to you. I'm sure you might appreciate them. It's full yeah. of photos of young ladies who are, you know, clant- what's the word, scantily clad, uh, yeah. sitting backwards on a motorcycle. First of all, yeah. it doesn't work like that. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're not going to go anywhere. Yes. But, yes. but then I'll say, uh, you know, I'll reply and I'll ask them, hey, do you actually ride? And a lot of times it's, why, yes, I do ride. This is my bike. So I will say, hey, look, I'd love to have you in the magazine. Can you send me some action shots of you riding? Can you send me some action shots of you geared up? Maybe some proper hero shots with you with your gear. And then I'll send that to them. And then they'll send me images of them at the track. They'll send me images of them carving the canyons. They'll send me images of them that are just like, and it's like, this is what I'm talking about. 
now. Yes. And that yes. is, but in their minds though, they, for not all, but some of them have been programmed to think that the only way to get into a publication as a female is to show skin. To me, yes. a woman yes. in leather, a woman in a leather suit, woo, nothing yeah. like it. When look, look, just visualize, okay? She pulls into the pits, all right? She puts the bike up on the stand, okay? Her crew chief might come over to her, she's like, you know, give us some notes. She doesn't even take her helmet off yet. She walks into the box, okay? She takes her helmet off and unzips the, the leather, top leather, just a little bit, just a little effervescence. And then as she takes the helmet off, right? As she takes the helmet off, it's like an ind- it's like a, an instant Beyonce video, an independent, <laughs> independent wind tunnel just starts blowing the hair and she's whipping her hair, you know, and just like loosening herself up. And then she sits down and goes over the, the notes from the last lap. That to me, yes, that is what yes. a female rider is. Dude, ex- exactly. Like I said, man, you don't get the credit you deserve for not hitting you over the head with it, but oh. showing like, okay, this this is a rider here. Oh, and you know what? That rider just happens to be female. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and that's what's beautiful about it. Like this, or is the rider. that rider just happens to be black. Oh, or yeah, that rider exactly. happens to be. And but that's exactly. what it should be. We're all in this together without, you know, without having a, we are the world, you know, and being like that. You mean, it's just how, like you said, it's how it should be. And that's what I love about the women's issue, man. You know, women have their thing, they get together, they ride, but they ride, ride. But I understand that. They want to have their little, they want to have their um, uh, community, their little bond. I think that is beautiful. And that's the way it should be. I I mean, motorcycles bring people together. And then from there, you just, uh, you you bond friendships over two wheels. And that's that's the way it should be, man. I mean, we're freaks for doing what we do. You know, we're crazy for riding the way we do. But, man, let's be crazy we, together. <laughs> let's be crazy together. Only us understand us. And that's the way it should be. Exactly. That's the way it should be. You know, you know, be, I mean, that. you know, and that and that's, you know, it's, it's like I said earlier, you know, life in the fast lane is about bringing the world of motorcyclists and enthusiasts, riders, racers, bringing us together so we can share our our sentiments and 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 help further the cause help further the cause of yes. and maybe that's the next step maybe it should be about let's get to where we should be as a community oh that's beautiful let's get to exactly. where we need to be let's not talk yeah. about what it was let's use that as a platform to build from that's what it was we fit to tell you what it's going to be we fit to tell you yes yes what it's going to be i love that yeah brother well look I'm with all you. right now I know I know you you know I don't want to take up too much of your time you know I ain't doing nothing man I know <laughs> ain't like I got a girlfriend man yeah. motorcycles <laughs> are my girlfriend motorcycles are my career man Listen. I mean I'm I'm cheating life bro like at this stage of my life I should be going through my second divorce right now you know when your first and second wife get together and they talk about you on the weekend like I told you girl he wasn't nothing mm-hmm. should listen to you girl I thought I had something special I know that's right girl you know but it's just like man I chose the path I I'm on. And I have no problem with it, man. I, I I love my life. Honestly, I just, I, I only thing I'm waiting for, man, is when the ice dissipates and leaves, that's when I get back on the bike. I don't care how cold it is. The bike is life. And I'm Let's mean, talk bottom, about Big Red. Life. Let's talk about Big Red. Let's talk about Big Red. Big Red is my life, bro. Now, what, Big now, the, the, tell, tell, let's tell the people, tell the people about Big Red. Big Red is my, is my Ducati Pikes Peak. Uh, multi-strata. I, I, I saw that bike and I mean, honestly, I, I tell people, it's like, I, I look at bikes like, I, like the way I used to look at women, like, oh my God. When I saw it, I go, 
I gotta have this bike. And I don't know why. I did I did the traditional thing like men do. I looked around at other bikes and I was like, why am I doing this? I know which one <laughs> I want. You know, I mean, seriously, I was like, I was going to like I went to the BMW place, I sat on the other bike, and I was like, this XR is okay, but oh, I want that bike speak. I mm. I looked around, you know, I went to Honda like and I was like, why am I doing this? You know, I, BT, you know what you want. And I went back in, man, and I saved for three years to get that bike. And I went there, man, and it, the day I got that bike, dude, that was the greatest day of my life. And they, oh my God, I remember when I got it, I was just so excited. I mean, I got that bike seven miles on it. It had seven miles on it. Wow. I, I went and got it, and the next day, I went to Little Rock, Arkansas on that bike. The next day. The next week, I went to Tucson, Arizona on that bike. And that's what I, and that's what I got it. Because I, I, I looked at it like this. As as far as a comic going across the country like I used to do, I don't I don't travel like that like I used to. But I said on the gigs that I do do that, though, I want to travel by two wheels because two wheels is my passion. And seeing the world going to a gig on a motorcycle is a lot more enjoyable than in a car. Like yeah. I had to go to I had to go to Toledo, Ohio last week to do a gig. And you and in the last in the last three years, I've done it on my motorcycle and I had to do it in my car in the car because two reasons. One, it snowed. And two, yeah, I just got through my hip operation. So it was, that was the worst trip on, on a car. It, it, it was miserable. Mm. I was miserable. But when I'm on the bike, oh, my God, man, get on the off ramp, trying to put a knee down, you know, <laughs> doing all that stuff, man. I mean, passing people going, mm, you know, getting in the tuck for no reason. For no reason at all, just because. <laughs> I just, I mean, I go to that bike and I literally think GP, you know what I mean? Like, you don't understand, man. People don't realize the, the level of dorkness I have. Like, ah. I will literally, I'll put the bike on, you know, it's got that, that the dual, the, uh, the, the, the center kickstand. Yes, the center, center stand. kickstand yes. is the most underrated of anything a bike has. Tell me why, tell me why, dude. tell me why. Dude, because, I mean, for me, since I'm a, I'm a, I'm a geek, I'm a dork, I'm a nerd. So, I literally, you think I'm joking. I, I put the center kickstand on and I will sit at, <laughs> at the gas station pump and and I do I look up like 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 a GP guy before 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 FP one and I look up and I go it's time to get on the bike and I get on the bike like the GP and I look at the back wheel the back tire and I get on it and I take it off the center stand and I start it up and I, every everything I do is GP and you think I'm, and you think I'm joking man. I believe you. But dude, what I do, I get off the bike. First thing I do, put on, I put on the center stand, and for no reason at all, I will go and look at the rear tire and walk around it like Lorenzo when he gets off his bike. Like you know, like I, I don't know what the rear tire is doing. I don't know. I mean, but that's what I do, and I mean that's my GP fantasy. Every time I get on my motorcycle, you talking to your your imaginary crew chief, dude. I guess. <laughs> You don't understand, man. You think I'm joking. No, I believe you. what I do. I can see you I doing will, it. Just having these conversations. Get, I, I get off my bike and I literally I walk around back. I look at it. Right. And then I'll walk into a store. And, I, and, I, and if anybody saw me from far, like, what the hell is that guy doing? I mean, but that's me, though, dude. I'm always thinking GP. I'm always. I mean, that's a, a GP or the Dakar Rally. I mean, the reason oh, okay. I got that bike, the reason I got that uh, multi-strategy is my love for the Dakar runs deep like you don't understand uh, up until and i still kind of want to do it even though i'm old i don't give a crap i still kind of want to do it because the dakar hit me hard i don't know why when i saw it go i mean just to be on that bike in the middle of nowhere explain explain you, explain the dakar explain that the to the Dak listeners the dakar is uh it's it's one of the most brutal races you can do on a motorcycle. It's like it used to be in Africa, but because of uh, terrorists and everything, they moved it to South America. And it's usually you go through two countries, and and you go through 
it's two weeks of the most extreme racing you you uh, that you can have and you can have it, it's it's cars, motorcycles, quads, anyway. And so you get your your paper and your uh, navigation. And honestly, it's like going from Florida to Alaska, wow. back and forth, and then halfway back again. That's what it's like. It's like going from Florida to Alaska and then halfway back. I mean, it's a brutal race. And that's on your no, bucket list. Dude, it, yeah, man. The Dakar, dude, the Dakar is just, and for some reason, it just hits me hard. So I, I, the reason I like the, the, the Pikes Peak is because it's kind of like a rally bike in a way. Yeah. So, I, you know, I get that. And honestly, I did this one time. It was the greatest thing in the world. I was riding my motorcycle, and I missed my, my exit. And I go, what the hell? And I literally went down the embankment on my bike, Shut up. down through the grass. I, I stood up on the pegs, and I like, oh boy. And 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 I had to laugh because I go, that's the, that's the reason I got this motorcycle. And I went down, and all I thought was, I'm in the Dakar. I'm in the Dakar. Because my philosophy in life is, hey man, you got to mind screw your life through life. I mean, once you become an adult, life is not as fun as it was. Like once you pass thirty, life ain't really that. Same shame. No, you're right. You're right. So you you got to mentally get in a place where you you can get through life. Some people do it by drinking, whatever. And I. Never was a drinker. So my thing is just motorcycles, speed, bicycles now also. But man, when I'm on my motorcycle and I put them gloves on, dude, in my mind, I'm I'm Mark Marquez, I'm Rossi, I'm Bradley Smith, I'm I'm or I'm, I'm at the Dakar, I'm Toby Price. So uh, there was a traffic jam one time on the interstate. I think it was an accident or whatever. Anyway, we literally <laughs> had a standstill. I had to traffic jam off. accident. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So I was like, you know what? And so I started the bike up. I literally did a U-turn in the middle of the in the middle of the uh, the, uh, the the center median, and I rode and I looked and I had to turn back and look. And I got on the traffic. I got on the left-hand lane, going you know like going back the other way. Yeah. And I barely beat this semi. I had to like merge on. It was illegal what I did. I barely beat the semi out. Then one, I kicked. It. I whoa. <laughs> But that, that's what it's about. Bro. It is. I mean, that's that's how that's how you get through life. And I was like, in my mind, I was in the Dakar. And so, and, that, and when I'm on a bike, man, that's what I do. I mean, it's just, it's the greatest thing in the world. I mean, and that and that is my passion. And I don't want to. And it's weird because, like, I always say, unless I find a woman who understands that passion, who lets me mm. have that passion or shares it, what's the point even going out with? You know, you what? know what? That I mean? that's maturity. That is maturity. That that understanding right there is why. If it's not that, then why? Yeah, because I mean, because I don't know how many times I've and I've seen it happen where dudes get a you know. Here, here's the, the way I see it. It starts out like a guy gets a sport bike, okay, and he has that a year or two of riding. They, they go and they park. Maybe they're posers, you know, and they ride here. They ride there. All in town. They might go out of town someplace, maybe, ain't too far. Then they get a girlfriend. Then a girlfriend rides on the back. You know, then they go places, they meet people, and then they am getting married. And then they have a kid. He has to sell the bike. And then he doesn't ride for a long time. Then once he gets in his late 40s, maybe early 50s, he gets the Harley. And then he rides once on the weekend. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to be that way. I mean, I want to ride all the time. It's like, you know, either she rides or she understands that, hey, it's going to be the bike and then you. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm right. like, I'll come see you. I'll show you up. But it's going to be the bike and then you or or you can work your way around it. You know what it's about. So, but I'm not going to give up my bike for you. I'm not going to give it up. I mean, you got to remember your spirit, bro. You yeah, gotta man. Remember that, your that, spirit. That's it, man. It's like, you don't understand. Like I like I was looking up black bikers and uh, I didn't realize how many black biker gangs there were, man. I looked it up and so I'm going to get this book on um, on Amazon called, I think, uh, Black Bikes or something like that. I, I posted it on my Instagram. So I want to yeah. read that and how like there was a, I think it was called the uh, the East Coast Dragons. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they rode with the angels. Yeah. Out in uh in uh in uh, in Oakland and I and I hit up Chuck Zito 
And I asked him, I said, do you ever ride with him? He goes, a couple of times. And I thought, man, how cool is that? Because, you know, like, you know. It's a lot of history. Like, a lot yes. of history. And, and no one talks about those gangs. I mean, We should. Like, yes. No one talks about that. So, I, you know, and, and, you know, you hear things about the Hells Angels. And, and honestly, like, like on my, my alter ego side that I know that I'll never be. But my alter ego is. Like, I mean, and trust me, man, I, I respect law enforcement. I really do. But, man, that alter ego side is I'd love to be a biker mm-hmm. and come in and just have that kind of, you know, walk into like, people like, oh, you know, here, here this dude is. But, and, but you know, but I don't want to I don't want to be on that side. I don't right. want to be off the drugs. I just want to I want to ride. But I'm, I want to have that kind of like you walk in and go, oh, God, here he is. Everybody gets quiet. They think you're one of them. So I kind of like that kind of like that that awe and fear they have of those guys so yeah. you know and, and Hells Angels are Hells Angels but I didn't realize they like they allowed some black bikers actually to come in their clubhouse and yeah. I mean so it was really cool to to, to, to uh, you know read that and learn about that so that's I would love to be a part of that man I really would be and I want to learn more about that so just every aspect of motorcycling I'm into man no listen know? listen we've talked about a lot we've yeah. talked about a lot it's time it's the part of the interview where Black Moses ask <laughs> the Super Bowl questions. Okay. Are you okay. ready? Now it's kind of rapid fire. Dude, okay. let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Right. Let's do it. Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. Any particular reason? Dude, Biggie just, I mean, listen, I mean, there's no disrespect to Pac, but Biggie was the better rapper. Now, if you want to get political and all that stuff and what he stood for with Dear Mama and and talking about what was going on in the street, I mean, you know, from political aspect, uh, uh, from political side or whatever, and standing up for the people and having a, you know, a power to the people stance and, and, you know, and pointing out what's wrong in our society and how we need to change. Yeah, oh my God, you can't help but love Pac for the political activism that he did. He was like, he was kind of like a Colin Kaepernick. Mm. Of the rap world, you know okay, what I mean? Okay, okay. He, he really was. Now, but Biggie, but for just straight rap and, I mean... Lyrics and flow. Be, Lyrics and dude, flow. Metaphors. Oh, my okay. God. You know? Yeah, okay. Biggie all day. Biggie okay. all day. Moving on. Okay. Metallica or ACDC? ACDC. I mean, because, listen, I love Metallica. I really do. I mean, I love Metallica. Bread fan. Am I evil? Um, I mean, uh, the list goes on. Ride the light. All it, the list goes on. But and the thing about Metallica is, I find it funny how when they found rhythm, like with a uh, sad but true. <laughs> when they found you know, rhythm. <laughs> when they found rhythm, when they went sad but true. Right. And songs like you know that that put a little like oh shit, where the the hardcore fans kind of like oh they sold out. I go right. no, they just found a little rhythm. But ACDC was the same. That's nice how wait, that, wait, that's nice how you said that. They didn't sell out. They found rhythm. That's a very important for that's that was very important. What you just said. Carry on. Yeah. OK. Now, ACDC, though, was the same for 14, 15 hours. And I tell you what. And, and Brian Johnson said the same. Or well, I think it was the uh, one of the young brothers said the same. They go. Uh, a critic goes. ACDC has a, uh, has sounded the same for the last 13 albums. He goes, no, you're wrong. We sounded the same for the last 14 albums. And, it's, <laughs> and it's, but you know what, though? It's like the Packer 42 sweep. You knew it was coming, mm. and it still worked. But they they came on, and they kicked your ass in a way that it was just straight, hard, rock and roll. They didn't deter from anything, and it still worked. Back in black, I, Rolling Stone has never put that in the top 50 of all-time great rock and roll albums. I To me... It's the greatest rock and roll album ever. There was never, they never sold out with, with the ballot. You know how they, right. you know, in, in 80, they always had that kind of power ballot. Never. 
the closest they came to a power ballot was uh, "Let Me Put My Love Into You," and that's still rock. <laughs> Let me put my love into you. Baby. I mean, ACDC's dude, they just laid it down. So ACDC all day long. Tell me if you, when you don't hear "Hell's Bells" or "Thunderstruck," mm. tell me you don't want to punch somebody right in the face. I mean, that that's what ACDC. ACDC puts the band, man. <laughs> okay. You know what's funny? In my bouncing days, I remember getting into fights, and I just remember hearing that that song was, was being played at the time. I was, it was yes. always some ACDC. Yes. It was either Dirty Deeds. That was the one. I do remember. Yes. We'll talk about it later. Dirty Deeds. Okay. Last question of the Super Bowl. If you could take a ride with anybody alive, no longer with us, from the future, from the past, where would you go and what would you ride? Whoa. I Say tried. it again, please. Okay, Say it again, break please. it down. If you could take a ride with anyone alive, dead, from the future, from the past, imaginary, where would you go? Then where would you ride to? And what would you be riding? I would... I'm an idiot. So I'm going to preface this by saying I'm an idiot. So I would ride... I'd probably ride my bike. I, okay. I, I love my bike. So I would probably ride my bike all through Europe, starting... I would probably start off in Sweden. Okay. Sweden or Denmark. And I would ride with this girl. She's the only girl... And I can't believe I'm saying this. It's the only girl I probably should have married or should have made made the effort. You about and, to say uh, a true thing. BT is about to say a true thing. Say it. Say it with so, your chest. Say it so, with your chest. <laughs> you understand, man. This girl, like, I didn't even mention it. It's how I knew that. Okay, I didn't even mention it. I met her. Uh, she was a singer. And so we're talking. And I, dude, you understand. The, the conversation wasn't even about motorcycles. Out of nowhere, she brings her phone out. And she says something about Valentino Rossi. Wow. And I go, what? That's Kismet. Dude, and that's when I was like, you know what? This might be the one. And she loves motorcycles kind of like I do. Like she like she bought a motorcycle. She has all the... I mean, anyway, so I probably should. So I would ride all through Europe with that girl right there. Because I think we... I mean, yeah, I, I still love her in my heart. So I would ride that's all beautiful. through Europe. That is beautiful. Go ahead. I would pro- yeah, so I would ride all through Europe with my girl... But I would ride all through Europe with her, with her for about two months on my bike and whatever bike she has. And, uh, and I'd, I hope we hit adverse conditions because anybody can ride. Anybody can ride when it's 70s, 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. But when it's raining mm. and that rain is coming sideways, yep. like, like it was uh, well, a couple months ago when I rode to Arkansas mm. or when I was when I was in Monsoon in Arizona, when that rain is coming sideways and your, and your helmet is fogging up and you can't see mm. and then there's crosswinds coming. And then you got a semi going, uh, you know, <laughs> and you're coming close to him. And all right, talk to me then. Talk to me if you were a real rider then, you know. Facts. And, and so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I want to ride with her and doing adverse conditions. But I want us to just ride all day and get someplace at night and and like maybe get someplace. Maybe. So hopefully be the summer. So we get there around maybe six or seven. Get a nice little nap. Wake up, maybe get a workout, get a nice little dinner, take a stroll. Get, and when I'm in Europe, I, my favorite thing to do is get a, a, a cappuccino after I eat. Get a cappuccino, maybe a little dessert, and uh, and you know go to bed. Wake up next morning early. And honestly, for some reason, when I'm riding, I like to hear 
Super Tramps. It's early morning yesterday. I was up before the dawn, and I want to hear that. Get on the bike. Make sure all your stuff is on. Tie it down tight. Let's go, baby. Woo! And you take off, and you just enjoy the ride. And you t- and you stop to the side of the road. If you, see, if you see something that's beautiful, you stop. You take it in. You take pictures. You you do that lunch. You do that talk. You do that, like, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, you want to ride now? Yeah, okay. And you ride some more. And you stop maybe for no damn reason just because you want to. And that, that to me, if I do that with her, that would be the ultimate ride. BT. Yeah. Brother. That. Yes. Was beautiful. Like, I mean that, man. Like, no, no, I can tell. I can hear it in your voice how I've never heard you that. I mean, you're always sincere. But that, that level of sincerity, you just, it was like peeling back a couple layers of an onion. Dude, yeah, I mean, it, it took me to think about it because, man, I think about that girl every time. I, I go, man, I screwed up. I should have, I should have took that leap and dumb. And I, I, I just went, I wasn't there mentally to take the leap. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's the girl. That, yes, the one. Man. Okay, wait, are you, are, you, like are you still in touch with her? Have you seen or communicated with her? <clears throat> um, yes, no. I mean, not like it was. Okay, I mean, like if I, if I leave a comment, she'll answer. Let's put it that way. Now, okay. Now, look, I'm not a Black Moses is not a matchmaker, but I like to see my friends happy. <laughs> is she is she currently involved with someone? I think she is, so, which which good for her because I follow her on Instagram. Is there a ring on her finger? No. Then but, there's still know, a chance. There's always a chance, bro. There's always a chance. So you know, I mean, I you know, I mean, like life is crazy like that. You never know. So All you right. know, I mean, if it happens, it's great. But if if not, hey man, you know, hey. You know, well, well, well to, to that special lady, to that special lady, you know, we just on behalf of BT and, <laughs> and, and his friends, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, OK, yeah. if you li- if you're out there and you just happen to hear just just know that, you know, BT appreciates you. <laughs> I think that, is yeah. that fair to say is that that's a safe thing to say, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Definitely appreciate. It. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we're we're getting we're in the same bit of worth entertainment, and you know. So, but I think she's over in the Middle East right now performing. So you know. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Bro, I'm going to send positive love vibes your way. <laughs> okay. Thank you, man. I, I love I you. No, for it. real, I love you, man. And you know, it, like I, as I as I've continuously have said, I have never had a bad time or unhappy time in your company when I go to, uh, to, to, to race events, when I go anywhere. And, if, and, and when, when I know you're there, it's funny because we do have our little crew. It's me, you, it's Alonzo, a couple other cats. But when we touch down in these cities, Austin, Indy, wherever there's a race, it's, we touch down and it, within a couple of hours, we either get to get together we text, yo, you here yet? Yo, you here yet? What's the move for tonight? What are we doing? And that's, you know, that that brotherhood right there, that inspires me. That that encourages me to keep going, to keep pushing, to, to keep being not just a better motorcyclist, but to be a better human being. You dig? So thank you. Black Moses appreciates you, BT. Man, you have no idea how much I appreciate like, Love like you, man. We, 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 we had that little talk about, you know, whatever, you know, we'll keep between us. We had a little talk. And you were like, hey, man, let me talk to you for a second. Yeah. That to me meant everything because, you know, you were, you know, it's about that, about that, that. Yep, so, yep, that, know, that, that, that. So, but the way you did that, hey, man, let me talk to you. And I was like, yeah. And you told me, I was like, dude. I, and I was like, no, man, I always got your back on that. For sure. So it was like, and you know, I remember like going to the track one day and it was weird because. 
it was you were going the other direction, and I was like, I go, that's Alan, because you were in your all black, and you were going the other direction. Like we would make a left to go to the track, and you were like, Pat, and I, why is he going that way? I was like, okay. So I always thought that was great, and you had, and I, remember, I was so envious of you, you son of a gun. You had that, <laughs> you had that, you got that Ducati, you had that Diablo. And I was like, man, yeah. dude, I was so mad. I mean, I was not mad, but I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? So. Bruh. Yeah. It's all yeah. love. It's all love. Is there anybody you want to give a shout out to, say thank you to, and, you know, tell us how we can get in touch with you, how we can follow you, your Instagram, social media platforms. How can people find out where BT is? But first, give your thanks and shout outs. Oh, man, my thanks is to everybody within the motorcycle community who show me love and even people who just see me. Because, you know, it's like. I don't know how I come off sometimes. I think some people think it's fake, but it's like, it's real. Like, I get excited when I'm, when I like stuff, I can't hide it. You know what I mean? I'm just one of those people. Like, I'm naturally, like, I just, I guess I'm 100 miles an hour, and it's like, I'm, di- I guess it's different from other people because I just love the things in my life. I love, I love, I love eat. I love the, I love food. I love to eat. I love people that love, I love people that love life, but I mm. love to laugh, and I love to just, I love to sit and kick it and just talk about nothing and just laugh or, or talk about things with depth and, and be into like, okay, or just, or just good people, but you know, mainly the motorcycle community and racing, dude. And, I, and anybody that showed me love, I show you love back. And I like, and I, and so when we're in that environment, man, those people, People I love, man, being around you and doing it's cold a weekend. Dude, I can't get enough of that. So, yeah, anybody show me love, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And you can get in touch with me. Everybody knows, man, my, my main thing is Instagram and Twitter. And my handle is funnyman6869, funnyman6869, funnyman6869. Uh, YouTube, also funnyman6869, funnyman6869. And uh, if you want to know where I'm going to be comedy-wise, man, just hit me up on my uh, Facebook fan page, B period, T period. You know, you can direct message me, man. I ain't got no attitude. I'll tell you where I'm going to be and uh, come see me. If not, hey, man, God bless you. You do what you do. But, uh, yeah, man, let's keep it on, you know, keep it on two wheels, man. Motorcycles, bicycles, man. Let's, you know, do away with the cages, man. I, I want I want, I want, motorcycles to rule the world in the United States. That's what I want. I want to see more people on bikes doing everything. So, yeah, that's my main thing, you know. BT, I love you, bro, from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> Yo, man, look, you traveling today. Travel safe. I will see you soon, man. I, I know I'll see you in Austin. That's coming up in April. I'll see you at you know at for Coda, you know MotoGP in Austin. Um, but we'll be in touch, man. You know we, you know it's you, my bro, for real. And I mean it. Love you, man. Love you too, man. Thank you for this, bro. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. I really appreciate do. You. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much once again for checking out Life in the Fast Lane and hanging out with your boy, Mr. Black Moses. Uh, Please, please continue to spread the word about the show. Please continue to support, continue to show love. And, you know, hey, I appreciate you. Black Moses loves you. Please follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official. You can check us out on Twitter at L-I-T. FL official and on Facebook at Life in the Fast Lane Podcast. Please hit that like, hit that share, hit that subscribe button. And we'll be right back here next week with an all new episode of Life in the Fast Lane with your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm gone! This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence.
There are some of the best players and coaches, scouts that I've ever been around that have been in the game for years and years and years and years and have done a great job, as I said, one of some of the best. They've never made it to the Super Bowl. It is a privilege to be there. You have to earn your way there, but you also have to have some good fortune. So when you look at the youth of a Sean McVay getting to a Super Bowl and well as the longevity and consistency of a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady at all getting there multiple times now nine, it, it, is, um, it is beyond description to recognize even getting there once. To be there nine times, just imagine what it takes. Chris Landry brings you Landry Football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.